Hey, so before this episode starts, I wanted to let you know that I'm running a free webinar training on how I reach hundreds of thousands of potential customers each year and generate partnership revenue through authentic brand partnerships. It may be that you're feeling really cash strapped at the moment. Maybe you're over relying on Facebook and Instagram advertising, or it could just be that your marketing strategies are no longer cutting through or working like they used to. Either way, it's absolutely time to use brand partnerships. There's never been a more necessary time to integrate this tactic into your marketing strategy because partnerships can drive both reach and revenue for your business, which is really exciting. I'm only going to do two free sessions on this. The first one's on Tuesday, the 2nd of August, and the second one is on Wednesday, the 3rd of August. One's at lunchtime, one is early morning. Um, And to register, you can do that for free via the URL, bit.ly slash reach 100k or bit.ly slash reach 100k. I look forward to seeing you there. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to This Is How We Do It. We chat with brilliant marketers to delve behind the scenes of creative marketing collaborations and brand partnerships. I'm your host, Jess Rufus, and I'm the founder of Collabosaurus, And together with Microsoft Store Sydney, we are exploring how collaboration marketing can build a business and we're chatting to the pros about how they do it. Hello. Wow. Am I excited to bring you this podcast? Um, Before we dive into this episode, I thought I'd give a little bit of context. We recorded our first two episodes live, which means there's a little bit of background noise, but you can hear our jokes land. So (laughs) that's a plus. Um, My first guest on This Is How We Do It is the amazing Declan Lee, who's the co-founder of Gelato Messina. And he's gone from managing electronic music festivals to being a restaurateur and now one of the genius brains behind Gelato Messina. Declan actually spoke at my very first Collabosaurus event over four years ago. So Messina is very special to me and his expertise in positioning and marketing has really seen Gelato Messina flourish and become one of the most recognized and admired brands in Australia. So without further ado, let's get into it. Jess Rufus, founder of Cloudosaurus, to kick off our podcast today. Thank you so much. So, me and Declan actually met four years ago. Declan spoke at my very first event for Collabosaurus. So Messina is very special to me. Um, Declan is the co-owner of Gelato Messina and his background has taken him from what was it, electronic festivals, electronic music festivals through to restaurateur and now co-owner of Messina. And his expertise in positioning and marketing has really seen Gelato Messina flourish and become one of the most recognised and admired brands in Australia. So I'm so excited to dive behind so many of these collaborations that you've done at Messina. Um, A big welcome to Declan. Thank you so much. Okay, so my first question It's no secret that you're basically the king of collaborations. (laughs) So Gelato Messina has collaborated with the likes of Tim Tam, Drumstick, the um, National Gallery of Victoria, Archie Rose, Bumble, even True Blood and stuff like that. Um, Do you have a favourite? Which one and why? It's like choosing a favourite child, isn't it? No, we we do a lot of stuff and they're all really, a lot of them we love for different reasons. Sometimes it can be a really small brand and it's just something that we've done that is just a really cool thing um but 
I mean, the biggest thing that we've done, and I think the most interesting from a collaborative point of view, has been the Peter's Drumstick collaboration, which many of you probably saw because they, they're such a big brand and they spent so much money on it that it was everywhere. <laughs> um, and we've never really... I mean, we did the Tim Tam thing. We've never really done anything quite that big. We've never done anything with another ice cream brand. So it was a really interesting process because we really hold on to our intellectual property and what we do quite... We're very guarded about it and the way that we project ourselves. So to deal with a big brand like that is really a big thing for us. Mm. But to be honest, it was awesome and the people were really good. And I think that that's why, you know, yeah. it's all about the people. It doesn't matter yeah. how big the brand is. Collaboration of a competition. That's on your goodie bags today, guys. Um, <laughs> I love that because I think, you know, traditionally if you think of two ice cream brands coming together, it's just like, ooh, you know, it's stepping on toes Yeah, a it was bit. weird. It was a weird... When they first came to visit us, they came with the CFO and the CEO and we thought they were going to just try and buy us. Oh, right. Yeah, we, well, we thought, what are they doing here? Why, would they, why are they coming? So we went into the room going, you know, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> and they went, we just want to come and meet you guys. And we went, yeah, really? <laughs> it was really like they that. They wanted to Yeah, it was really like that. But it was good because it developed out of – they didn't even know what they wanted to do with us. They just said, we really like what you do. And for a big brand like that to come to a little brand like us yeah. in that world and say, we just really like what you do, we want to do stuff with you. Mm-hmm. We're like, okay. We were a bit guarded. It was really weird, but it turned out really nicely. And, in fact, we, we came up with the concept of redesigning their drumstick because yeah. they wanted us to do something for Connoisseur, which is their premium brand. And we went, it's not really our game because you guys are competing in that world. We don't do supermarket products. Why don't we do this? Mm-hmm. And they said, yeah, sure. And for everyone listening um, today, what what is the drumstick collab, if anyone hasn't seen it in the supermarket? So we did four drumstick flavours, so it was reimagining the drumstick. We said, why don't we do... And, and in fact, one of the drumsticks was reimagining the vanilla drumstick, which in our minds was like, you make really, really poor ice cream. Oh, this, <laughs> this is going to be a podcast, isn't it? No, it's, it's like a really... It's a supermarket product. It's sold cheaply. And we said, can we do it with proper vanilla? Can we do it with not compound chocolate? Can we... D- do it in a way that we would do it and they said yes and we said wow that's mm-hmm. that's pretty incredible and then we said listen we make this amazing dulce de leche and we make our own hazelnut paste can we make the product for you that goes in the and they said yes and we went wow this is amazing right so then nick and donnie who are my business partners who are across the food side of it went to melbourne probably 20 times and did the r&d for it and they were just really open to it you know for a big business like that to be open to us being a really big part of the R&D was quite incredible. It was truly collaborative, you know. Yes, Which amazing. doesn't happen very often, actually. And that's what so many big businesses, I think, need to do to stay relevant. Yeah, and a lot yeah. of them don't. You know, it's about can I use your brand to stick your name on my product? And some of the brands don't even know what the thing is, mm-hmm. let alone food or, you know, they just stick their name on it. And, it, and it's just solace, you know. It's yeah, like, absolutely. So my next question is about this particular collab. I love this example. So how did this come about? You said you kind of received an email and they were like, we want to meet you. Who who reached out to who in the organisation and kind of what was effective about that pitch that got you over the line from email to meeting and meeting to collaborating? It, it's, all in, it's all about how it was approached, right? Because they came in... It was weird because the CFO came and the CEO came. So normally they wouldn't pitch to you with an idea. But they didn't pitch to us with an idea. They just came and said, we really like what you do. Are you interested in doing something with us? And we tentatively said, yeah, okay, what's this all about? But then it just developed and then they got their marketing team and the brand people involved and they were just really lovely people. Mm -hmm. And 
it turned out that it was genuinely this process of saying, we just want to do something cool with you. Yeah. The people that, when it doesn't work, it's the people that come and pitch at you and the agencies that pitch at you. Yeah, they're trying to get a marriage on the first date. And it's just, they are. And it's, <laughs> but they haven't even really thought it through. You yeah. know, there's no, no foreplay at all. Like, they just, they just, <laughs> they, they just come in and, and they, they even try and tell you what's a good idea to do. And, and most of the time it's to say, we want to do a flavour with you and put it in the cabinet and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And it's a terrible idea. Oh, look, it's all about the people. Yeah. And they approached it right because they weren't wankers and they came in and they, they were just humbled, made us more humble and it was it was nice yeah and so how did the creative ideation flow so after you had a few meetings how did was it gelato messina that came up with the concept then you guys went back to your team and were kind of like this is this could be happening yeah they let us run with it which which isn't all that often and it was another step up from the tim tam thing they just said what do you want to do and we said listen we'll come up with some flavor profiles they gave some some of their cones we actually made handmade drumsticks in our factory the way we would make them but not on a production line and we developed them and brought them to them and said this is what we want to come up with their R&D guys said we can't do that it's too expensive this can't be done that can't be done but we can do this and Nick and Donnie and I went down there a lot of times just to go through the R&D process and come up with a product that we were all proud of so it was really cool it was like it was it was them being commercial about the product that they were making, saying we have to sell it at a certain price because we sell them in supermarkets for this. Mm-hmm. We never have to do that when, yeah. when we produce something. Um, and then we could come up with a product that we ate in a supermarket that we were, we were proud of. So, I love that. Yeah. They were beautiful packaging and everything too. Yeah, it was good. I mean, it was one of those things actually we didn't, like we approved all the packaging and all that stuff, but we had very little, do, little to do with the marketing of the product mm-hmm. because it's such a big beast yeah. And they just roll out. What they do is they say, we want to get this product and we want every single person in every city to see it at least once. And they just do a calculation, a media buying calculation, and they go, we need to spend $3 million bucks in three months and put it out there. Mm-hmm. And so that's what they do. Yeah. So we, we didn't do any of that, oh, hang on, we'll do an event, we'll do this and we'll yeah. do this and, yeah. and we'll make this. And they just went, no. We're just well, gonna... I mean, they really thought about marketing leverage on yeah. their side, which yeah. is so and, great. But that was interesting, an interesting process for us as well because we had to let go. I mean, they were, we were saying, hey, can we – it's not they wanted to keep us out of it, but they were just like, we, we just got to roll this juggernaut. And we had to let go of the process, which is mm-hmm. what we do, right? Yeah. And we let go of it and it was fine. It was totally fine. Yeah. Because the product because of was the good. the good people as well. The good people, but yeah. the product was good. The product was right. It looked right. So whatever you do, you can tell the story however you want. It's just going to taste good and look good. Yeah. yeah amazing. That's all that matters in the end. Um, I think a lot of businesses get really stuck in the creative ideation side of a brand collaboration. Um, you know, how on earth do you come up with something that's win-win, doesn't compromise on either brands, but still hits the mark creatively, which I think absolutely this drumstick Gelato Messina collab did. Do you have any advice for people who are really held back by the I don't have a creative idea thing hmm. I mean I don't even really know what creative ideation means but <laughs> <laughs> um, we I think what we try and do is not think about the outcome too much um, we try and think of what it is that we could do together that is the you know the greater sum of the parts you know what I mean and I th- I'm always really proud of the things that we've done with people that 
you can look at that. Let's say it was a product and it was Messina and Peter's. You can look at that product and you can eat it and go, that was amazing and I really loved that and it looked amazing. Oh, who did it? Oh, Peter's and Messina. That comes kind of up after. Do you know? Do you mm-hmm. see what I mean? Like the product yeah. is The is audience bigger. experience as well. Yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, some we get a lot of people come to us and they will talk about the reach that they're going to get. And, and you know, we, we, we still get people saying we want to make a video that goes viral. And, I, you know, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. just weird, right? It's like, what are you talking about? Just make something really great and the rest comes. And yeah. I think you, you've got to pull it back from there, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So brand collaborations clearly have become such a part of Messina's marketing strategy from limited edition products to activations to social media stuff. Um, in your opinion, when collaborations are done really well, what's the biggest benefit to brands? So what do brands have the most to gain? Again, it's that it's elevating the brand beyond what it is already because of the sum of the parts. Mm-hmm. So um, we don't measure... It's For us, it's not a measure of dollars. It, we often do stuff, most of the stuff we do in terms of collaborations, we don't measure at all in dollars. In fact, you know, the Tim Tam thing we, didn't, we did for free. It's all about people looking at our brand. For Tim Tam's a really good example. Looking at our brand through the eyes of a biscuit and something that isn't got anything to do with ice cream. Yeah. And saying, oh, Arnett's chose this thing with Messina and I don't know, it's elevating yourself beyond what you already do. In the end, we make money because we sell scoops of ice cream in a shop. That has nothing to do with that except putting this perception of what we are and who we are and who we hang around with and who we mm-hmm. are amongst yeah. that elevates us to somewhere that's better than totally. just by ourselves. Totally. Pardon the interruption, I'm popping in with a quick word from our partners at Microsoft Store. As you know, we hosted these podcast chats as part of our launch event at Microsoft Store Sydney and it was fantastic. What a lot of people don't know is that they actually host a ton of free events and workshops for small businesses and their employees. From free tech support services to small business consultations or workshops and personal training courses, they've got it all. So if you wanted to book in for a free consult in Microsoft Store, check the link in our show notes. Interesting what you said about the Tim Tam collab because I think, you know, I can see the value in putting the Gelato Messina brand front and centre in so many physical locations, you know, across so many stores. Um, what was the greatest result that any collaboration you've ever done has achieved, do you think, if you could boil it down to one thing? I mean, both of those collaborations were... I mean, we I've talked about them a lot, but they were the biggest sort of things that we've done and they're interesting collaborations for us because we had products in markets where we didn't have stores. And so it was a really good exercise in seeing what our brand was doing in territories like Adelaide and Western Australia or anywhere where we didn't have shops to see if we had any... Anyone knew who the hell we were. And, in fact, somewhere like Adelaide, for example, did really well in their supermarkets. And that was interesting for us. So then we went to Adelaide recently. We did a pop-up there for... Vogue Fashion Week or Night or whatever it was, and it went really, really well. And a lot of people knew who we were there. So I think that sort of information for us is really useful. So mm-hmm. I think when you talk about results, it's it's really, again, it's just 
getting out into markets and doing yeah. stuff that we wouldn't normally do. Yeah, you know? cool. Yeah. And being known for a brand that does something really cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so I want to go back now to bad pitches you've received because I'm sure you've received hundreds of Heaps. pitches to collaborate <laughs> um, that you turned down. So I want to find out why you turned them down. Like if maybe if there's like two or three things that really stand out as the biggest mistakes <laughs> that brands make when Where they do I try start? and pitch. Um, <laughs> I know, I've got a ton of my <laughs> <laughs> Where do I start? We did, there was one recently, Sean's laughing because there was one recently with a brand that this guy came in and I definitely cannot mention it, but if, you, if I told you what the brand was, you would go, why would you turn that down? But we just didn't like him. And he talked, <laughs> <laughs> he, he, sometimes, look, there's two, there's two ways that people pitch to you. One is it's either from the brand or it's from an agency. It's from someone that, mm-hmm. that has a whole bunch of brands. Sometimes we just don't like the people and it's not because they're awful, but sometimes they might talk about their brand and our brand in a way that elevates it above people. It's really kind of a bit egotistical and we know that it's not going to work. We just know Mm -hmm. the relationship's not going to work. Sometimes Mm -hmm. people will come in. We've had people pitch to us from an agency with a brand and the brand's okay, but the agency people don't know what they're talking about either. And, it's just a cheap way of all they've done is they've gone Messina you've got heaps of followers you make heaps of really good content we'll give it to you and then we'll get all this stuff because you guys will put it on your social media and blah 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 Mm -hmm. and that's the wrong totally wrong approach right we've done stuff with brands that you would know like Airwick we did this really cool thing with Airwick that did bloody toilet sprays and it made no sense at all on paper but we did this great event and they let us have free reign over then they won uh, like a an advertising award for the project that they did but they were really nice the approach was right because they weren't wankers and the idea was good Amazing. Um, yeah and so that's really important to us yeah yeah i think that whole leading with um the ben- benefits to you is just such a bad approach when it comes to pitching you know it's like oh you know this will be great for us because you can do all this for us Totally. You know, it should be about what you can do. And I think, way. I mean, I don't, we don't do, we don't really do a lot of pitching, and, but I think that's probably the biggest mistake that people make is that looking at a brand, especially with ours, they look at our brand and go, what, what is your, if I can pitch this to you right, you'll do great things for me. And it's never really about that. It's yeah. about putting the two things together mm-hmm. and making something that you're both proud of, which... You can do it with a small band or a big band. We've done that with Peters. We've done it with really small things as well. We've done it with Airwick, with toilet spray. I mean, it doesn't make any sense at all. But it was really cool. <laughs> and that know? got so much press, yeah. I remember. <laughs> yeah, it got heaps. It got heaps because it was quirky. so ridiculous. Yeah. 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 I love it. Yeah. Well, you don't do very much pitching and you receive a lot of pitches, but if you had maybe if you could collaborate with one particular brand that you haven't collaborated with yet, who would it be? Mm. I think we, you know, from a Messina point of view, I think we would all have fairly different views on that, to be honest. I mean, Donato is our head chef and one of my partners, he's a chef. So we've done stuff, like we have our own dairy farm and, and hazelnut farm and we make our own chocolate and dulce de leche and stuff. So we have some really amazing products and he gives them to people like Lennox at Firedoor, who's, you know, an amazing chef. And he's been making stuff with our strawberries our, our milk, our dulce de leche. Um, Key currently make a dessert with our dulce de leche. So for him, that world is where he wants clubs. to be. Because, yeah. you, you know, in some ways everyone wants validation, right? And so from a chef and 
technical point of view, he wants that validation. I think Sean, for example, would want, sorry, Sean is my brand and content manager at the back there. And, you know, she, she would love to do something with an amazing, you know, makeup brand or beauty product brand, I'm sure. She lo- loves that stuff. For me, I've always wanted to do a shoe brand. Oh, very cool. I don't know why, but, and, and in fact, I've, I've always, you know, like a pair of Vans or something that mm-hmm. had Messina on it or something. Oh. And we've kind of, I know the PR agency that looks after them in Australia, I've already talked to them about, talked to them about it. Or it could be something else that isn't the platform that isn't the right platform for it. So you come up with a really cool competition or a cool mm-hmm. something. Yeah. So, Shifting up the type. Yeah, yeah, totally. So we I feel like we have an audience that's engaged with us because they like what we do, but they don't want to be constantly given a new way of eating ice cream. They want something like a Tim Tam or just a collaboration that's just it's, I don't know, it, just, it doesn't need Surprising. to be a physical product. Yeah, <laughs> it does. So sometimes we'll turn down stuff because we've done too many of those sorts of things mm-hmm. and sometimes we'll do stuff that you wouldn't think we'd want to do because we've never done anything like it. Yeah. So, yes, it's the mix. It's a mix mm-hmm. of things, yeah. And how um, does your, like your knowledge of what the Gelato Messina community really love and want, how does that really drive a collaboration and discussions around sort of what you could pull together for them? Uh, look, we know a bit about our audience and it's 75% female. Um, so I, we, to be honest, we, it's driven by who, who we are in the office. You know, I'm, the four of us who are the main owners are all guys. So we also have Sean and we have three or four um, of the girls in the office that, have a very different take on things than we do, you know. And I think it's really important to let them run with stuff and do collaborations that we wouldn't normally do as well. But in terms of the community, that just comes, that just feeds in from the discussions that we have with our audience in social and on email and stuff. And if they have good ideas, we'll look into it. Um, but it doesn't really, we don't, we don't look at what we do and go, okay, most of our audience is female. We've got to do female skewed things. It's just, we just do stuff that we think is cool. And it's so broad. I mean, you know, we don't look at our audience as that anyway when we make decisions. We, our audience is kind of everyone from grandmothers to young kids to everyone. I can't believe not more guys are getting on this bandwagon of gelato. I think, They're missing out. You know, my, my homegrown theory on it is that just as many guys eat it, but the women make the decisions. <laughs> and so they're, the ones, right. they're the ones engaging and talking to us, I think. Uh-huh. I think that's true. Amazing. Um, well, that is it for our conversation. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Declan. Thank you.